0: Hello, this is Mama D and I'm the host of Pedals of Support. Pedals of Support is a podcast that offers advice from a mom to anyone that needs a little extra love and support. This is not advice for moms, but advice from a mom. I've covered such topics as forgiveness, how to forgive, when to forgive, and when it's okay to not forgive, letting go, how to make good decisions, and how to handle stressful situations. I'm not a licensed anything. I'm just a mom that wants to provide to you the same advice that I give my kids, my friends, and my family. You can find me on any podcast platform. You can also find me at Twitter, at Pedals of Support. Please go listen. Find the episodes that apply to you, and maybe the ones that don't. You can file that information away for later. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Thank you. Madness. Followed Mr. Carpenter. What he saw couldn't have been a dream. It was too real. But it couldn't have been true either. It was too deliciously frightful. Frank, at yesterday. Old times are only good when you've had it. Night after night, all alone. Daddy's all pent up. Let's freak! a irrational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Why, hello? And welcome to another episode of the Film Spark Podcast. I'm your host Ebony, and this week we'll be discussing the film One Hour Photo. Now, if you're a regular listener, first of all, thank you, and second of all, you'll notice that I didn't have my usual intro, um, that being some sort of song related to the film and a little intro before the main uh, theme song. And the reason for that is I don't feel it was appropriate for this film this film deals with a lot of dark uh themes and issues and I didn't feel it was appropriate to have some sort of jingle or song at the start with an intro um I sort of just wanted to get straight into it so if you're wondering why that didn't happen that is why (laughs) now one hour photo is a 2002 American psychological thriller film written and directed by Marg Romanek and starring the one and only May He Rest in Peace Robin Williams, as well as a few others like Connie Nielsen, Michael Vartan and Gary Cole. The film was produced by Catch-23 Entertainment, Killer Films, fitting, well, sort of, and John Wells Productions and released by Fox. The film stars Williams as a photo technician who develops an unhealthy obsession with a family to whom he has long provided services. Now that's the description on wiki and I feel that is very minimal to what this film is truly about. Yes it is about Williams portraying a photo technician and yes he does have an obsession with a particular American family. But why he develops, keyword there, <laughs> that... Um, obsession is truly what this film is about and his descent into loneliness and quite easily madness Um, this is by far one of my favorite roles by Williams Um, obviously we all love his comedic roles he's very funny but it's his serious roles that really show the range he had as an actor and this was definitely one of those films um I mean you start off with seeing um William's character sigh or Seymour as you know your average photo technician uh for those of you if you're too young to know what that is before we had phones <laughs> that or we had phones but before it became more digital um we obviously had the develop had to develop the photos and first of all nostalgia feels (laughs) just watching this film just took us like took me back to the days when we had you know disposable cameras and taking pictures of everything and anything you know you could possibly want but the thing the biggest thing is that I first watched this film when I was 12 and it stuck with me for a couple of different reasons but more so the fact that I always had this weird feeling that these people that developed the photos kept the photos. I didn't think they developed as an obsession as much as Psy does in this film, but I always had this feeling in the back of, like, the pit of my stomach. Like, what happens to these photos? Like, these people can print whatever and whenever they want. And so with my fucked up mind, (laughs) even at 12... Like this really hit home because it was like, oh, my God, there are people out there that do this. Oh, my God, what if this is all real? And it really fucked me up. (laughs) And I think that's what made this film effective is it really drives how much we don't know the people around us. Someone as simple as a worker that's a photo technician in one of those, you know, home goods stores could easily be your killer next door or your stalker next door, or just some really lonely, deranged person that's mentally fucked in the head. (laughs) And you don't know that. And it really puts into perspective as well how you don't know um, sometimes even your loved ones. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on behind their backs, or what they're doing behind your back. And this film just puts a lot into perspective. Um, watching Williams go down this absolute horrific dark spiral in his mind throughout the whole film, first of all, is phenomenally done. Um, if for whatever reason you're one of those people out there who only knows Williams for his comedic roles, please, I beg of you watch this. Um, and next week I'm doing Goodwill Hunting, and that's another one that obviously I'll say then, but whether you like the film like whether you like serious films or not just give them a go (laughs) because Williams really portrays some fantastic character studies and some fantastic characters in these films and I feel although within the film community a lot of people praise him it's still nowhere near as much as he deserves Because we all know him for these comedic fun roles and there's just so much more to him. But going back to this film, watching him go down this spiral, as I said, is terrifying. Because you literally see every stage of his mind just unravel that little bit more with every scene. And speaking of every scene, the thing that this film does so well, so very well, is the colours and the editing. Because the thing with a one hour photo is it utilizes the RGB or red, green, blue colors from photography, which um, may not seem like much if you didn't really do or don't do photography. Um, I studied photography in school, so it definitely, I definitely picked up on a lot more. Um, but these colors are used to represent size, emotional state. So you'll see in a lot of it, it is very uh, like a red hue or a green hue or a blue hue over the scene or depending on what Sai's doing and you know you get the red hue for every time you see him passionate about something or angry about something or he shows that little bit of love that he's got inside him but then you see blue which is a lot you see the blue the most um, which is the monotony and depression side of Sai but then you also get the odd few scenes where it's like a green hue or a green tinge And that's to show his jealousy and his sickness. And it's really interesting once you pick up on that, um, re-watching the film, because you start to see more and more uh, sides to side. And you pick up on more nuances throughout the film. Because you're aware and you know what to look out for. Watching this for the very first time, as I said, I was 12. I didn't pick up on any of that. I didn't give a shit about photography. To me, it was just a creepy dude. (laughs) It's a creepy dude portrayed by one of my favourite people. But um, in the end, watching it now at 30, I can really pick up on a lot more about the film. And it's a lot sadder re-watching this. Now, obviously, it's a little bit sadder as well because, unfortunately, Robin's passed away. And he was just such a phenomenal actor and an absolute beacon of light on this world, which is exactly why I used... Um, his line about you know a little spark of madness at the start of my episodes is because he's not wrong and I absolutely adore the guy but watching this now just as a film and not taking into account that he's no longer with us and, and putting my personal emotional state aside it's heartbreaking the way that this film makes you feel for Psy is incredible because obviously for the majority of the film you're not on his side he's the creepy guy you want you know you want justice for the family and whatnot but there are some scenes where you see sigh break and you see him as a true human being who just can't handle society and he's clearly been hurt in his past which I'll, i'll get to later but you really feel for him and it really gives you this juxtaposition between whether he's just a misunderstood person that happens to you know have gone through a, a single event that's twisted him or whether he's truly just an absolute creepy motherfucker that you want nothing to deal with and I think this I think the kid um does it the most or really helps present this because there's a scene where the mother is talking to the kid in bed and he's like I feel bad for Cy because I don't think he has friends and I don't think he has family and he always talks to us when we're getting the photos developed and the mum's just like well we don't know that we don't know if he doesn't have a wife or girlfriend or friends or family and I think that really just pushes the fact that kids pick up on a lot more than adults do kids definitely can pick up on the body language and can pick up on emotion stronger than adults can um, when it comes to this sort of thing now I understand that she was probably just telling him this to keep the kid you know give give him a bit of hope and be like size okay but I think it also really does show the sort of attention to detail kids pick up on in any scenario now, when it comes to the main storyline and plot, you know, Cy develops these photos for this one family, this family who has, like, this million-dollar fucking house. <laughs> um, you know, he, he sees their lives through the photos because he's been developing the photos for pretty much ever since the kid was born, which I think they say he's, like, 11 or 12 um, in the film. So, you know, he's got this, to him, he's got this understanding of the family. He feels part of the family. He's been developing these photos. He sees their holidays. He sees their ups. He sees the downs in the photos. He sees everything. And he feels like he's part of this family. He feels his uncle's side. He's Jake, which is the kid. He's, you know, his uncle and wants to support and wants to help and wants to feel included. And watching this side of Sai is is how you develop those um that understanding and that warmth of the character is he just wants to be included he just wants to be part of society he wants a family you know it's these simple things that we take for granted each and every day that we see him without and as the film progresses you see him take you know it goes from him just taking the photos to him stalking the family and then you know he's got a whole wall of photos that he's made doubles of of everything that you know they get printed because he's weird but (laughs) because he wants to feel part of the family and he wants to be included and he visualizes himself in their life and he visualizes himself you know unwrapping gifts at at, at Christmas and being Uncle Cy the the fun uncle that just happens to be around the house now and then and it's so incredibly sad to watch him go through this journey and descent into madness because he comes across some photos that he develops for another person and he realizes that the husband from the family that he's obsessing over is having an affair and this whole event or this one little event changes everything. He goes from slightly, or he's pretty obsessed because he's got the photo wall, but he's still able to conduct himself normally in society. Where once this this thing happens, this trigger happens, he feels like his family is broken and his family is falling apart, and he gets so mad and so angry at the husband that you know he follows them and he slides some photos of the husband and the girlfriend or the the mistress I should say um into the photos that he developed for the wife and then she finds out and so she now knows and um then goes to follow the husband into like a hotel um which is where he's with the mistress and that's when you really see him click So sorry I actually missed a key point. So between developing the photos of the mistress and the hubby and going to the hotel Sai actually loses his job and we know this is everything. Sai is photography. Sai is the photo development. That's his whole life. He's been doing it for 11 years. He just it's him. It's who he is. So when he loses this it just starts to spiral into descent. So he's first he's seen his family fall apart then he loses his life and pride and joy which is the job and he's like well what what's what's the point what else do I have so he follows the the husband and he goes and he follows husband to the um to the hotel and then you know he he's got a knife and he starts threatening the husband with the mistress But the thing is, and this is a really key point, you never see... So what he does is he sits on the edge and he tells them to pose in some really lewd photos. But he never actually takes the photos. You never see him click the button. You never see him actually take any photos of the couple. He just has them pose and threatens them with the knife. He doesn't ever injure them and he doesn't actually take the photos. Which you don't pick up on until later. Um, but, you know, at this, point, um, at this point, he has the police and FBI after him um, because of the photo wall and, and whatever else. And they catch him. And when he's in the, I suppose, the police station, he's in the questioning room. They give him the photos that were on the camera because he'd left the camera behind in the room. And this camera that we thought he had actually taken photos of them, you know, being lewd and whatnot, it was just random photos of the hotel room, completely empty, completely harmless. It's a photo of a tap, a wall, drapes, you know, that sort of thing. And it's at this point, he sort of snaps at the police officer and he talks about how, you know, as a parent and as a human being how can you treat your kids that way how can you expect them to pose in particular positions while your parents or your father takes photos and it's at this point you realize that when Cy was a kid he unfortunately was abused (laughs) he he was went through some child abuse with his father and you know the reason he got glued to photography so much and being a photo developer is because you know that's that event that happened when he was a kid like he he likes seeing what like what true family is like and people happy and you know it's like he says in the film and if these pictures have anything important to say to future generations it's this i was here i existed i was young I was happy and someone cared enough about me in this world to take my pictures and that saying is said about maybe halfway through or two-thirds of the way through the film and it really puts into perspective how he viewed photography and how he seed or sorry how he saw these families and these strangers in these photos. He just wants to be seen. He just wants to be loved, he just wants to exist. And in his current state, he feels he is none of that, and that's why he latches onto this one family so much because it seems like the perfect American family. You get the mother and the father and the child and the birthday photos and the vacations and he latches onto that because he never had that himself. And when you realize that you feel Even after everything that's happened in the film and the shit that he's done you end up feeling so sad for him and it really just makes you question yourself and question what you've just watched because... If there's anything this film does correctly, it really puts you in the shoes of Sai and what he's feeling and how he's feeling and why he's feeling what he does. And that's exactly why I love this film so much. It is so unsettling and so unnerving, but it is so beautifully shot. Everything has a place. Everything has a meaning. You pick up on little things in the background. You pick up on colours. You pick up on everything the more you watch it. And you go down this absolute spiral and mindfuck of a journey every time you see it, regardless of what you know is coming at the end. And I think it's just so well done. And Williams portrays it so damn well. And it's it's absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. I look, it, it's not a five out of five film. There are issues, but this film does what a lot of films other films failed to do and there's a lot of films out there that use the color gradient and the color coding and the color you know variants and whatnot with the whole red green blue or utilizing lights and shading to utilize or sorry to compare or link with characters feelings and emotions and sometimes it's overdone and this film just does it so perfectly This film does it so perfectly with the link to photography and the red, blue, green and the red is love and anger and blue is depression, sadness and green is jealousy and it's just, it's so good. (laughs) I love this film so, so much. Um, So with that being said, I absolutely rate it a four out of five. As I said, there are little things here and there. That they probably could have done better and they probably could have changed. But I just love this film so much. It's absolutely one of William's best performances of all time. May he rest in peace. It is absolutely sad what happened to him. Uh, It's really heartbreaking to watch this film now. Watching the character, you know, go into, spiral into madness. But my god, this film. I just love this film so much. And I love you guys for listening. (laughs) So with that being said, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this. It's a little bit different to what I usually do. We've done a lot of horror and comedy recently. I am starting to dive into some other stuff. Like I said earlier in the episode, we, uh, we do have Goodwill Hunting next week, which I'm so excited for. I haven't watched that film in years um so yeah we've got that coming up we've got a patreon pick coming up which means you guys you can join the patreon um the links are in the link tree in the show notes on every single episode um absolutely join there's some cool perks and they're including picking one for the month picking a film so with that being said I'll leave you guys to it thank you so much for listening and have an Absolutely fantastic day. Bye, guys. You were just listening to the film Spark podcast for all your film needs and more. Like what you heard? Give us a shot. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, GoodPods and more or follow the socials at film underscore spark underscore pod. You know what? Just follow us on everything. Check out the link tree. Linktr.ee forward slash Film Spark Pod. Find us, follow us, give us a shout. We always want to hear from you. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.